Greetings, adventurers, and welcome to another episode of Vitamin D&D, your weekly dose of Dungeons & Dragons, just what the DM ordered. I'm your host, Patrick, and here with me today, as always, is my fellow co-host and party member, Brady. Hello. Oh, you didn't do a hello there. Okay. Oh, you gave me crap about it last Hello, time, Kenobi. So. Eh, didn't work. Okay. Well, uh, all right. So <laughs> this week's episode is going to be all about the equipment. So now yes. that we've moved through the two episodes about character creation, um, we kind of touched on a little bit the all the gear, all the little trinkets and goodies mm-hmm. that you're going to have with you. But we're going to be a little more in-depth this episode yeah and it shouldn't be too long of an episode uh we're still gonna hit all the high points about it but this one coming off the heels of the the two-parter we're gonna make it just to try to make it a little bit shorter so right let's let's get to it yeah and we could probably do an entire separate podcast just on Mm -hmm. like equipment and gear and magical items and stuff like that so I'd say that would definitely be, you know, something we're going to touch back on in the future just for the coolness of it. But um, no, we, we definitely definitely can't uh, ramble on for six hours tonight. We're going to just cover the necessary. No, neither do I want to. <laughs> as much as I want to, I don't want to. As much as I want to, I don't. All right. So um, the... General things we're going to talk about tonight in this episode is going to be um, your weapons, your armor, and then some a little mention of some miscellaneous gear um, that every good adventurer has, and then also the kind of the the coinage of the realm, the uh, the general mm-hmm. cur- currency. So, um, yeah, and one thing to take in mind with all of this, and we'll we'll probably state this throughout too, like this is one of those very DM slash party like actual the players sort of consensus on what they want to do this is another one of those conversations that you want to have with your dm and your party before you start playing like do you want to be meticulous in keeping up with every little detail like how much everything weighs how much you how much you can carry how much your pack can carry how many arrows you have how much you know just keeping details or just more of a lax kind of you know, oh, you, you've got arrows or, you know, you need to make sure you purchase some next time you're in town or just kind of kind of more lax. Um, usually I play it the more lax kind of way because I feel being meticulous kind of slows things down. But if that's what you're into, that's fine. You play it that way. So but uh, we'll, we'll just bear that in mind with all this. This is all kind of sort of extra flavor that you can use as much or as little as you'd like. Yeah. And I I'd say I definitely agree and fall into the same boat of um as far as the equipment and having to restock and that sort of thing, it's, it's kind of fun to occasionally, you know, have to, you know, go on a shopping party. Yes. Going on shopping parties is fine. Like I love the idea of going on shopping parties, but having to go on shop shopping party every time you fire 10 arrows, because you got to go back and get more arrows. It's just kind of a chore. It literally devolves into you think you're going in to just be like everybody do their stuff, you know, 10 minutes table time, but it turns into literally either half the session or most of the session, just everybody going around and buying all their stuff. Cause oh, you got to think about I it. Everybody has to have their each. Yeah. Everybody has to have their own each interaction with each of the shopkeepers and everybody wants to go in different directions. So you're having to, it's just, yeah. but like I said, if that's what you're into, if that's your thing, 
by all means, go for it. Feel like there are times as a DM, if you want to, you know, throw in some plot hooks, throw in some nice mm-hmm. flavor for role playing and that sort of thing. You know, character development. Yes, definitely. But you know, if you need ten arrows, just you got ten arrows, okay? <laughs> just yeah, just be like, yeah, you you spent ten yeah, silver, yeah, you yeah. got ten arrows. <laughs> they they made they they told a funny joke when you went to the store, but you can't remember it whenever you came out. Ah, dang. <laughs> um, ah, dang it! Oh well, let's get back to killing goblins. Yeah. All right. So, uh, and another thing, whenever you pick your class and pick your background, um, you're going to be given some starting equipment. So kind of piggybacking on the talk to your DM, you want to, I guess, talk to them about, you know, if you want to make any changes to that starting equipment, whether, you know, with some options, uh, there's, um, I guess, one good example is for a a ranger, one of your choices, choices of weapon is a longbow. And, you know, that seems perfectly fine as a ranger if you want to be an archery-focused ranger. Yeah, a longbow, yeah. But if you're a halfling ranger, <laughs> you can't carry a longbow. And so it makes perfect sense to just talk to your dungeon master and say, hey, can I have a short bow? And you know, dungeon master, easy, easy to roll with the punches on that one and just say, oh, yeah. And also you get the excess gold just to have on you for you know the difference in value for those items that sort of thing or any kind of changes to you know make your character more unique more you yep so uh you want to actually get into it and kick this thing yeah um sure you want to talk about the uh the old coinage of the realm the uh the money the yeah, cheddar, and the yes, the, the the bread, the oh, bread, yeah, the gold. So something to take into account um, with the backgrounds, as we were saying, whenever you're choosing characters, certain backgrounds and classes and stuff, they come with a certain set amount of money that comes with the class. Um, so, like, this is all starting on page 143 is where the equipment chapter starts with the uh, player's handbook, and it has a, a table there that has all the classes and all of their funds and how much you can start out with. And then in the backgrounds, whatever you choose, it also has a little bit of extra coins that come with it. So just make sure you take that into account. Um, but mostly when you're talking about standard kind of D and D, um, things can change a little bit with homebrew and stuff, but mostly coinage of the realm is going to be copper, silver, electrum, gold, and platinum. And you can kind of think of it as like, it's, I mean, that's just the money that they used. So most, uh, yeah, most like prices, like value of things is expressed in like how many gold gold. pieces it's worth. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like standard medium for, you know, kind of expressing value in the game. Yeah, and but just like it, it has this again on the page, but just kind of to go over it. So uh, you, you've got the copper, silver, electrum, gold, and platinum. So 10 copper pieces makes up one silver piece. 10 silver pieces make up one electrum piece. And then 100 electrum pieces make up one gold piece. And then 1,000 gold pieces make up one platinum piece. 
So that's kind of the exchange rate. Um, you know, your DM may have some other types of, you know, coinage or, you know, things that go along with the realm. But when you're just talking about standard D and D, that's, that's kind of what you're talking about. And again, most of the time you're going to be dealing with gold, just gold pieces. It's just many gold pieces or pretty, it's pretty simple. And the great thing is, is that the economy in D and D must be so good because you never have to worry about exchange rates. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. So, just continually reference that that chart um, at the beginning of chapter five. And, uh, yeah, and I mean, sometimes again, depending on the the dungeon master and the and the game, like you may only deal in copper, silver, and gold. You may skip electrum and not even have palladium or palladium, platinum. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just have those three just to make it a little bit more simple. But again, it's all DM and party, you know, specific or however they want to deal with it. Right. Yeah. Let's see. Copper can kind of be chump change. It's kind of just like the pennies rattling around in your pocket. Um, yeah. It's the things you want to usually get rid of or convert into silver or gold pieces as quick yeah. as possible. Um, and this is also where it comes into, like we talked about, um, you know, as a DM, thinking about do I want to make my characters think about how much all of their gear weighs or just kind of, you know, (laughs) dial it back in whenever they look, you know, whenever they're a traveling armory, like don't let it get that extreme, but uh, you know, you (laughs) may not want to really care too much about the weight of money. Otherwise characters are going to have to find a nice bank in the, uh, you know, high fantasy world. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty meticulous, but you know, whatever floats your boat, whatever suits your fancy. All right, next thing we're going to talk about, and this is one of the two main, the two big um, sets of this equipment. And the first is going to be armor, armor and shields. And there are three different types of armor, and in the different flavors of armor types, whether it be, you know, leather armor or studded leather armor, that sort of thing. They fall into these three specific types. And these are all found, like I said, in chapter five of the player's handbook. Um, And you can reference the chart on page 145 that lists all the information about determining your armor class, determining whether there are any disadvantages or requirements um, that come along with different armor. So first type is going to be light armor. And light armor is made of supple and thin material. Um, it offers some protection and doesn't sacrifice mobility. So this is the armor that is generally worn by your more dexterity-focused characters. Um, they actually they get a... Uh, you can add your dexterity modifier to your armor class whenever you're wearing these types of armor. So it benefits. Yeah. And just, just to mention again, yeah. And just to mention again, real quick, like when we say armor class, we mean that is, you know, we've covered this in previous episodes, but just to touch on it again, that is how easy or difficult it is for someone else to hit you with an attack. Yeah. And so the higher your AC, the harder it is to land an attack, the lower your AC, the easier it is for someone to, land an attack and then get to deal damage to you. So just bear that in mind. That higher number is better, lower number is not that good. Right. And you know from the like flavor 
perspective and the role playing perspective of if you have a you know high armor class and you don't get hit, that doesn't necessarily mean that you get hit and your armor is just so good that it you know keeps you from getting hurt. It may mean that you are quick enough um, with the armor that you've chosen right. that you're able to dodge the blow, or it may mean that you've like got heavy. Or you may mean that you've got heavy enough armor that that armor can take the hit at one, without dealing any damage to you. Um, so just the flavor of it. Um, next mm-hmm. type is going to be medium armor. And like the name suggests, it falls kind of right in the middle. It's got better protection than light armor. and um, But it also impairs your movement a little bit more than light armor. It uh, gets benefit from dexterity like light armor, but only to a limited extent. So like I said on that chart on page 145, it lists in there, I think the max benefit you can get from your dexterity is plus two. So it by itself, the armor by itself offers more protection, you know, a higher starting base armor class. But since it limits your mobility, you can only add so much of your dexterity. So kind of taking that flavor bit and, you know, translating it to game talk. Um, And the third type is going to be heavy armor. Heavy armor, of course, offers the best protection, but it greatly limits your mobility. Um, And it actually makes, uh, typically makes you roll any kind of stealth check with disadvantage. Um, so the clunky paladin is yeah. a good example of that. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> Can't I be stealthy when you got full plate on. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I always joke that way paladin trying to be stealthy is like, you know, throwing a bag of pots and pans down a hill. It's just yeah. like, clang, 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 clang. <laughs> it's, uh, it's hard, hard for that guy to be, uh, sneaky. Um, and so, and there's actually even, um, on some of the heavy armor, um, heavy armor sets there's actually a requirement um, a minimum strength requirement to wear it so kind of a prerequisite so even if you're proficient because of your class in heavy armor you may not necessarily even be able to wear it because you're if your strength is not high enough Mm -hmm. and then sorry go ahead uh, I was just going to hit on real quick. So with each one of those three, it kind of breaks down into, uh, again, these are the more kind of flavory side of things, but it just also gives a few tweaks on the stats. So with the light armor, you get padded leather and studded leather. So padded is more, think of like the what you would see the medieval archers wear. Um, that kind of, you know, it was like, it looks like they're wearing a quilt, like, it's kind of that stuff. And then you've got leather, which is just kind of your classic leather kind of stuff. And then like the studded leather, you know, it's got the, the embossing on it and the, you know, actual little pieces of metal that are studded into it. Uh, so that's just kind of like the lot armor stuff. And each one of those have a little bit different, um, AC and dex modifiers that go along with it. And then with the medium armor, you've got hide. So this is, you know, like the thick furs that you would see, think of like something, you would see a, a Mongol warrior wearing or something like that. And then you've got like the chainmail shirts. Um, so again, that's your classic sort of Lord of the Rings and medieval things that you see. And then scale mail. Uh, that's kind of like the layers that kind of like think of dragon, looks like dragon scales or something like that. And then you just got like a breastplate. That's, you know, the the part that goes on the upper part of your body. And then half plate. 
uh, which are kind of like shaped metal plates that go, they're not fully all over you, but like cover your, your shoulders, like polders, uh, or, uh, that's right. Polders. What is it? Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Shoulders. And then like greaves on your, uh, yeah. And stuff like that. So that's like, yeah. And that's the half plate. So that's, that's all under medium armor. And then under heavy armor, you've got ring mail. Again, you've got chain mail, which is different from the chain shirt because chain shirt is just a shirt, whereas chain mail is like, you know, the, the pants and everything that goes with it or the, you know, the coif and all that. And then you've got coif. splint. Yeah, it's such a weird word. Coif. And then you've got your full plate. So those are just the little subcategories of each of those. And again, that's, as Patrick mentioned, that's all on that, uh, on page 145 on that chart there. So just refer to that. But, uh, just bear that in mind if you want to wear a certain or have a certain look for your character. Uh, you know, it's more flavor, but it also does have some slight stat considerations and things. So, yeah. Um, and kind of not a armor type necessarily, but also gets mentioned in there as shields. Um, and, you know, depending upon your, your class, you may be proficient in the use of shields or not. And if you're using a shield, it automatically gives you a plus one to your armor class. So maybe a big boost to um, put you over the top and make you a whole lot harder to hit. You can get that plus two. That plus two is not nothing to sneeze about. Sneeze at? Sneeze at, sneeze about, whatever. It works. Um, (laughs) Let's see. And uh, one thing really important to remember, um, like I said, your class grants you proficiencies with certain armor. Um, if you decide that you're going to wear a set of armor, an armor type that you are not proficient with, that gives you disadvantage on all checks and saving throws that involve strength or dexterity. And you can't cast spells. Um, so <clears throat> just an example, all of your attacks, whether it be strength or whether it be melee or ranged attacks, they all use strength or dexterity. So that means all of your attacks are with a disadvantage. Any kind of saving throws, so if you're trying to jump out of the way of of dragon's fiery breath or some kind of explosion, or you're trying to wrestle someone in combat, that's all going to be a disadvantage. And if you're a spellcaster, forget about it. Like, you're literally so... I guess caught up with having to manage this armor that you're not proficient with. It doesn't fit right. It's you're not strong enough to use it. Like all that stuff puts you at such a disadvantage. So, you know, just where, <laughs> where would you're proficient with? It makes more, so much more sense from a gaming yeah. perspective. <laughs> Unless you're doing it for storytelling reasons <clears throat> or you're really into role playing, but don't yeah, listen that's, to that's him. Totally that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Your party will hate you. Yeah, like, that, that is oh, true. It's what my character would do. Yeah, don't don't do it for the gram. Yeah, it. and it's kind of like the way I think of it. Um, I was thinking about this today on the drive home from work. Is you know from a role playing perspective, there may be times that you have to wear armor. Um, of, yeah, like trying to be sneaky. Or, yeah, or like you're stealing a bandit's armor to blend in while you're trying to sneak into the bandit camp or something. Um, but you, if as an adventurer, you're naturally proficient with certain armor types, which means that you are trained. You are 
experienced with that arm with that armor type and certain weapon types. So you're fairly intelligent enough, or I guess just common sense enough, not to, by choice, put yourself at such a disadvantage and use something you're not like skilled with. It just doesn't make sense, you know, too much from a role playing perspective to choose that. Now, like I said, maybe doing some sneaky, stealthy stuff, and you've got to dress up. Um, <laughs> I always imagine like the the two the two halflings standing on one on top of each other's shoulders, like walking around in somebody's armor suit, trying to <laughs> pass themselves off as a full sized human. Never works. Never works. Um, but uh, speaking speaking of weapons, that's kind of the next thing we're going to get into to talk about. And there are tons and tons of different types of weapons, oh, yeah. from all the way from little daggers and stilettos to you know falchions, up to halberds and big, huge war maces and stuff. We're not really going to cover all that. We're just going to cover the different types. So uh, it's a little list here, and it's uh, also begins on page one forty six. Uh, to 147 but um, we're just going to kind of talk about some of the things associated with um, with weapons so one of the first main things is going to or what we need to discuss first is the two different types of weapons Uh you've got melee weapons which are anything that you hold in your hand and have to swing or poke at people with and then you've got ranged which are something you throw a projectile with such as a bow a crossbow a short bow Anything like that, a sling, a slingshot, those are going to be arranged to where you can attack at a distance. So speaking of ranged, first thing is going to be ammunition. So that's just whatever whatever projectile you're using that is going to be fired out of it. Uh, That is, so arrows, rocks, bolts, you know, whatever. That is your ammunition. And uh, it does need to be replenished over time. So that's what we were talking about with the shopping. Sometimes you do have to either mention that you went into town to buy something or role play it out. So just bear that in mind whenever you do have a ranged weapon. Yeah. And the player's handbook actually addresses, um, what does it say? Uh, you can get half of your expended ammunition. If you take the time to search at the end of the battle, every, the uh, dungeon master I've ever played with has just kind of worked that into, I'm assuming you're going to search the battlefield for like arrows that you could use. You know, so you can kind of mark off and get back half of your ammunition. So, yeah, I usually counted that in for whenever they search the bodies for loot. I just kind of lumped it in with that. So that's that is one good thing to to take into account. So uh, so then the next thing uh, that it kind of gets into is what's called finesse. And this is just a. um, A tag with, you know, a certain weapon to where you get to choose if you use your dexterity or your strength as the attack modifier. So, um, you know, think of something where like a heavy, a heavy weapon is going to use strength for your attack modifier. And then something like a rapier is going to be something you would use a dexterity modifier to. So whenever something has this finesse ability or attachment is you can either choose whichever one you want. So if you have higher dexterity and you want to be better with it, choose your dexterity. If you have higher strength, use your strength. So uh, that's kind of a good, it gives a little bit of flexibility to to a weapon that you use. Um, So that's finesse. All right. And uh, the next property 
um, associated with weapons is going to be the heavy property. And literally, these weapons are heavy. They're actually too large. You know, heavy may describe their size, may describe their weight. And either way, they're too much, too large for small creatures to use without disadvantage. Like I said, that example, the halfling ranger can't really use a longbow without shooting every shot with disadvantage, which just doesn't make any sense. So, um, like I said, if you're if you're small, if you're tiny, you can't use the heavy stuff without a disadvantage. And next is light, and uh, I'd say I'd say most weapons fall into the light category that I choose from for my characters, just because I like to dual wield, man, like Halo. Um, so you can wear and carry. You know, these weapons are so light, so easy to use that you can use two weapons at the same time. Uh, one in each hand. Yep. So then that leads into, and if you can't tell, these are kind of, we're just going through them alphabetically because that's how it's presented in the player's handbook. So uh, don't say alphabetically. We'll find out <laughs> later that they weren't. Oh no. Uh, <laughs> um, hopefully we won't run into that. But the next thing that leads into is loading. And this basically just means that it's a weapon that needs to be reloaded. So it's going to be like your crossbows, um, it's something that can only fire one piece of ammunition, but then it has to take an action to reload that weapon. Uh, regardless of the number of attacks you can make, you can only use it that one shot. So good example would be like a crossbow, or if it's allowed in your, your world and your party, um, a black powder rifle or a, a gun or something like that. So uh, that's that's something, again, that's more DM dependent, but... So then that leads us into range, and um, that's just a weapon that can be used to make a ranged attack. Um, it just has a range shown in the parentheses uh, after the ammunition or thrown property, so that just means how far the effective range is of that weapon. So, uh, for example, the parentheses, it'll have a smaller number and then a larger number, so it'll be like small number slash larger number. That's just the effective range, so it's usually feet, so it'd be like 60 slash 200 so it's anything up to 60 feet you can roll with normal rolls and then up to that 200 feet and then anything beyond that 200 or below that 60 uh, you have to make special rolls and stuff but that's ranged or range okay um so next one is going to be reach and reach is you know, in reference to melee weapons. So typically the melee range with most weapons is five feet, and that's going to cover the space around your character. A weapon that has reach, um, such as a, a polearm or some kind of spear, is going to extend your effective melee damage range by five feet. So you're going to get ten feet around you that you can hit with that weapon. And the next weapon property type is special, which are literally special. And on page 148, it actually starts to list a few of these, like the lance and the net. So these aren't these weapons don't really fall into the same like a typical category. So they are used in special ways or do certain types of special damage or special status effects. Like if you throw a net on somebody, it may you know give them disadvantage on movement or their own attacks, that sort of thing. So special, literally. 
So then these next two are kind of self-explanatory, um, so we won't spend much time on them. First one is thrown, and that's just a weapon that can be thrown. That can be like a dagger or a javelin or a pila, you know, anything like that. Just means that it can be thrown. Uh, sometimes they can be reused after they're thrown. Uh, other times, sometimes they might not be. Just depends on the weapon. And then two-handed. So two-handed just means it requires two hands to use. So those are pretty pretty easy <laughs> and self-explanatory. Pretty self-explanatory. Um, next property is going to be versatile, which is a weapon that can be used both either with one or two hands. And it actually has different damage properties depending upon whether you use it with one or two hands. So obviously if you're able to wield it with two, you're going to get a higher damage possibility because you're putting more weight behind that swing or behind that stab. With one hand, you're still going to get some decent weapon damage potential, but just not as much. Just makes it literally versatile. And then, of course, the improvised weapon, which can literally be any object that you, you know, this may grab in the heat of battle, whether it be the like a, the pull cue, you know, you get a bar brawl, or you snap a leg yeah, off a table, or a rock, <laughs> yeah, or a rock, yeah, or a rock, <clears throat> yeah. And um, as a dungeon master, you can kind of make the ruling in the moment. And the easiest way to think about it is, all right, this thing that this character, my player, has just grabbed. What does it look like? I mean, what what weapon does it resemble? If it's a table leg, that's kind of like a club. Easy to make that distinction. If you grab a bottle, smash the end off, and you've got a sharp bottle that you're going to try to stab somebody in a bar with, it sounds like a dagger to me. Um, so you can kind of use the similar weapon type. Um, now, you have to remember that... A, <laughs> Most, you know, the classes, nobody's got uh, proficiency with improvised weapons. There is a, you know, you can make a choice later on for your character to be proficient with improvised weapons, but naturally you're not going to be. So that's one thing to just keep in mind before you start grabbing just random stuff off the ground. Yeah, you probably won't do that much damage with it. And most of these weapons can be broken down into two, um, I guess, the you know, two main categories as well. It's so complicated. Properties, categories, everything. Um, of simple and martial weapon types. And you'll see that whenever you look at your character class. You'll see, you know, the, my character is proficient with simple weapons, martial weapons, that sort of thing. Um, and then... Your character may also, your class may also list specific weapon types within those categories that your character is proficient with, whereas they may not be proficient with all of martial weapons. They might be proficient with like a greatsword. Um, and pretty much the difference between those two weapon categories is simple weapons, they're, like it says, simple. And maybe something that even common folk may own whether it be a quarterstaff or a hand axe. Um, it's things that you can find on the farm, in a shop, you know, that sort of thing. Commonplace items that somebody's, you know, they're going to have. A, the peasants. And then 
a martial melee weapon is a little more specialized, specially designed weapons that you will only find typically being used by adventurers, mercenaries, knights, that sort of thing. So kind of a higher class of weapon. And that's why you'll see they typically do higher damage because they're made with better quality, more of an intent for them to be used by more highly trained individuals. Yeah, and used in a certain way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, so that's pretty much for the weapons. And one, one kind of last thing that we wanted to touch on, just kind of real quick, we're going to glaze over it pretty quick, but just wanted to mention it because there's a lot to it. Uh, it's the adventuring gear. And this is kind of, some of the stuff is, is really useful. And then there's just some of it that's just kind of more flavor stuff. But this is kind of your bits and bobs that you have in your packs uh, and, you know, your your gear that you have. And uh, there's a full list of it on page 150. And that's everything from, like, um, counting your ammunition as part of it, you know, baskets, bedrolls, a crowbar, flasks, oil, flint and steel, water flasks, and stuff like that. It's just little things. And they have all the descriptions writ up. Writ up they have all the descriptions wrote up with um, with each of these descriptions. So if you have any questions or you know something that you were wondering, like, what's that? It has a little brief description that you can check out. And then there are actually little equipment packs you can uh, either have or buy. And those are things like burglars packs, dungeoneers packs, explorers packs, or like a priest's pack. And they're just little pre-made little things that have certain things in them that are sort of pre-assembled. So you can just buy those instead of picking every little thing out. But if that's what you want to do, you can certainly do that. And then um, the last thing really is the tools. So these cover everything from like artisan's tools to um, musical instruments. And these are the things that come along with some of the backgrounds. So you'll have like artisan's tools that include alchemist supplies, mason's tools, tinkerer's tools, wood carving tools, uh, just things that people would use. And then that kind of rolls into these different other kits that you can get, which are like disguise kits, um, forgery kits. Those are kind of related to rogues and stuff. And then you've got herbalism kits and thieves tools and stuff like that. Um, again, those are all written up on page 154 and has descriptions, but uh, that's those are things you could spend a couple of episodes on easily, and but we just wanted to mention them and something you can look over, just uh, if you wanted to add a little bit of flavor to your to your gear and wanted to kind of set yourself apart. Yeah, that's what I guess. I always think of these random little items that are mentioned, you know, whether it be in your background or your character class, as you know, typically not essential items but they're just super good like role-playing fuel whether it be you know climbing rope or um uh, what are they called pythons or pitons that you use for Mm -hmm. like climbing or uh like a bag full of ball bearings like what in the world are you going to use ball bearings for a bag of a thousand ball bearings well the you know you can actually read about them and throwing a bunch of ball bearings on the floor can actually 
give whoever's going to be walking across that surface disadvantage on, you know, whether they are making a stealth, you know, dexterity saving, they have to make like a dexterity saving throw every time they move, things like that, that it seems like a random item, but in the right time, if you're creative enough, you can use these random items for great effect, you know? Yeah, and also, again, for, for storytelling and role-playing, too. I mean, yeah. take the same ball bearings. Just example, spinning off the top of my head, say you're a rogue and you had this this little sack of ball bearings, but you never use them. And maybe you have a certain set that you don't use and you have some that you do use or something like that. And maybe I can lead into somebody asking why. And you can say, oh, this was my my mentor's bag that, you know, he told me to use only in certain <laughs> circumstances yeah. or they're, you know, just something like that just to give flavor yeah. to it. But um, these, there's a whole lot of them and some of them technically are, I guess you could say essential things like talks about arcane focuses and druidic focuses and holy symbols, but we're not saying those aren't important. They, this is just where they are also oh, yeah. listed. So you can read the description but they just fall under equipment and adventuring gear. So yeah, some of these are to say that those aren't essential, like healing potions and you know the quiver of you know that you're going to store your arrows in. Like they're essential, but then there's just a few of them that are good flavor, good role playing, like you know, like soap or a yeah. signal whistle or sealing wax <laughs> or a candle or a bell. You know, <laughs> it's they're like they're like salt. By themselves, they're just salt, but they add flavor. That's right. <laughs> that was ridiculous. <laughs> or fi- well, fishing, fishing tackle. You know, it's it, it, <laughs> you can go fishing like whenever you're out in the woods and trying to get some food. It's not necessarily necessary, but it adds some pretty good flavor. You know? Yeah, or if you're playing that really hardcore kind of campaign where you have to forage for food and yeah, do you got to roll every it time you, you try to find food, <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. So that's just things to consider when you're reading over all this, uh, and, and looking at things. Yeah. So that's, uh, I think that's really going to cover everything. Unless Patrick, you have any, anything last, last no. words or anything to throw in there? No. And I think uh, the, I just thought of a, a meme that'll, you know, if you continue on with your adventuring career, you'll run into is you when you have your pouch full of gold and you go into the general store, you'll feel like a king. But you go into the magic item shop and you feel like a peasant because everything's so expensive. And uh, yeah, that's something we didn't really touch on was the magic items. That's a whole oof. other episode that we'll get yeah, into. But, we'll go to that. Uh, just, I, yeah, we'll we'll get there eventually. But I uh, just a little. Inside, inside story, Thomas. I swear, I'm going to get those elven boots someday. I swear. <laughs> Been saving up all my hard-earned cash, all my, I guess, hard-stolen cash. I will buy them. Mm, shady stuff sounds like. But... It's a, I'm a rogue, man. Oh, uh, okay. Well, that makes sense then. Yeah. Yeah, shady stuff. Then you should be proud yeah. of it. <laughs> <laughs> Own it. Yeah, that's right. So that's going to be it for today's episode on equipment and adventuring gear. And we hope that you have found it 
uh, informative and enjoyed it somewhat. And if you have, please consider subscribing and maybe leaving us a review on iTunes. It would mean a lot. It helps us out. Uh, also, tell your friends and spread the word. We don't advertise or anything like that or pay for anything like that. It's just word of mouth. So yeah. um, it always helps us whenever you spread the word. And uh, please let us know if you have any questions or something you'd like to hear about in a future episode by emailing us at the vitamin D and D podcast at gmail.com. That's the vitamin D, the letter N D podcast at gmail.com or on our Facebook page at vitamin D and D podcast, or check out our website at the vitamin D and D podcast.com. You can just Google that and it'll bring it up and keep an eye out for our next episodes where we will be discussing combat and really starting to get into the nitty gritty of uh, getting into it. So Uh, make sure you tune back into that. That'll be a packed episode, and, uh, but it'll really help you start progressing in your, yeah. your adventuring career. So you can learn about combat and forget all the stuff we talked about with role-playing. It's all about combat that's anyway. That's right. Yeah, it's, that's really all it gets down to. That's what anybody yeah. really gets <laughs> D&D <role> for. So. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so make sure you keep an eye out for that one, and uh, that'll be fun. But... Other than that, uh, take it easy, and we'll see you after your long rest.